This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 185, episode 185 of the Banner Branch Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine at BannerBanter18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like Drinks After Work, Eat the Damn Cake, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, 30 Flirty and Surviving, Music You're Missing, A Chance to Strive, Rambling, well, Rambling with a Purpose, The Hobby, be fit and so many more other great podcasts and of course if you're into sports cards don't forget to check out big night breaks go catch the card vault down at patriot place and they just opened up a brand new store down at foxwoods as well if you're down at foxwoods casino big night entertainment also owns a nightclub down there called trine and a few restaurants as well scorpion bar red lantern Guy Fieri's or Fieri's, how, however you pronounce it. Um, and don't forget to follow Big Night Media on Instagram for your chance to win free tickets to any show at Big Night Live or an upcoming show at Big Night Live uh, with Timmy Ticket Tuesday. You can always get your Banner Banter Podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. All right, great. All that's over and done with. Um, so, yeah, hey, welcome back. Episode 185. Timmy G here. We're back. Um, season tickets are renewed. Will the podcast last? I don't know. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Who knows? Um, but obviously a lot has happened since uh, all of our hearts were broken after the Golden State Warriors won the M- NBA Finals over the Boston Celtics inside of TD Garden uh, in six games, which was just absolutely crazy. Um, I, I I I don't want to talk about it too much, but obviously the Kevin Durant stuff, uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But most importantly, we got to talk about Bill Russell. Rest in peace to Bill Russell. Arguably... It's not even arguably. He is the most important Boston Celtic of all time. It's not Red Arback, it's not Larry Bird, it's not Paul Pierce, it's not Kevin McHale, it's not Dave Cowens, it's not Bob Cousy, John Havlicek, I go on and on. Bill Russell is the most important Boston Celtic of all time. He is everything that this organization and this franchise that we all love and cherish is all about. And, you know, you could argue he is most known for what he's done for civil rights for African Americans as a whole, uh, he everything he did to to try and stop racism. He had a terrible time here in Boston dealing with racism, and he tried to put that to rest. And I will always commend him for that. He's so important. A lot of NBA players here today wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Bill Russell and all the other African American athletes back in the '50s and the '60s that really fought for civil rights. So you always have to tip your cap. To Bill Russell, I mean, nine-time NBA champion as a player, two-time as a coach with the Boston Celtics. He was the first African-American coach in the NBA, first player coach in the NBA. The NBA is retiring his number 
which is just insane to think about. But it also just shows how iconic this individual that is Bill Russell is and was. The NBA Finals MVP trophy is named after him. You name it, the NBA is great because of Bill Russell. He he was just someone you thought that would just live forever and ever and ever. And to be honest with you, the Celtics better win a title this year for him. I mean, with everyone wearing the number six on their jersey throughout the NBA, the NBA, like I mentioned, is retiring the number six overall, unless you're a player that's currently wearing it. It's an incredible, incredible thing and just shows how important Bill Russell was as a player, and most importantly, as a human being. Uh, the Celtics did announce today that there is going to be one of those City Edition Nike jerseys uh, that Bill Russell and the Celtics have actually been working on over the years, and they're going to wear them 12 times this year, so looking forward to the re- release of that. But yeah, just a, a tragic loss for the Celtics organization, uh, and just a tragic loss overall for the NBA community, the civil rights community, you name it. Bill Russell, absolutely incredible person, incredible basketball player, incredible coach, and incredible Celtics that we'll all miss and love forever. He's, you know, every single time Bill Russell was at TD Garden, you would know, you would just be in awe of it. And yeah, just, and his laugh was unbelievable. And he was just the best. And, you know, back in the day, well, I don't want to say back in the day, back in the day was when Bill Russell was playing. But when, when Kevin Garnett was here, the amount of love and respect he had for Kevin Garnett was something unbelievable and something that um, I always enjoyed watching. You know, as, you know, I'm only 37, I'm going to be 38 in uh, January. And I wish I could say I saw Bill Russell play, but you could say that you could see part of Bill Russell in Kevin Garnett. I'm not saying Kevin Garnett is anywhere near the player that Bill Russell was, but Bill Russell wanted Kevin Garnett to know what it was like to be a Celtic, and I really think it helped him out, uh, him being Kevin Garnett throughout the entire time he was here. So, yeah, Bill Russell just forever and ever. Rest in peace. It's going to be a weird season not seeing him around uh, the NBA and seeing you know, every single team wearing that number six, just an absolutely incredible feat. Um, but yeah, and then, uh, just some quick thoughts on the Kevin Durant situation. Um, I know everyone is talking about it and, and it's simple as this for me. I've been sitting over the last five or six months on this podcast that I think Jalen Brown is going to be leaving the Boston Celtics. I think he believes he's the number one player. Uh, he can carry a team, and he has every right to do that. You could see his performance in the NBA Finals. He was clearly the best player on the Boston Celtics, and he played better than Jason Tatum. Now, do I think Jalen Brown is better than Jason Tatum? No, I do not, but you know, it's definitely it, it closed the gap after watching the NBA Finals for sure. So with that being said... Um, if Jalen Brown is going to leave and the Celtics know that he's going to leave, I still don't want the Celtics to do it, but I wouldn't be as angry with them if that's the case. So basically, if Jalen Brown has told Wick and Rick and uh, Steve Paggs and Brad and Ime, hey, I'm leaving, and they want to pull the trigger, I'm not going to be happy about it, but I understand why they do it, because they don't want to you know, just have a player leave. I don't understand it for a couple of reasons from the Celtics' standpoint. I feel like Brad Stevens had a headache a migraine every single day when Kyrie Irving was around. I just feel like Kevin Durant is just a permanent headache. And I don't know why he would want to do that to himself. And I don't even know why he would want to offer that up to Brad, uh, uh, to Ime. So I, I don't get that. I do understand that Ime and Kevin Durant probably have a good relationship. 
through FIBA. I know Durant and Tatum have played together, but I am more focused on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown being here for a very, very long time. I do think Jalen Brown does love this community very, very much. You saw him out the other day between the Roxbury-Dorchester basketball game, Mayor Wu, some other great people in the community. I'm not saying Mayor Wu is a great person in the community, but Mayor Wu in the community uh, wearing the juice brand. He really loves everything about Boston, I feel like, for the most part. So I don't want Jalen Brown to leave. I don't want the Boston Celtics to make the trade. But all I'm saying is if they do do that and they are aware that Jalen Brown's leaving, I do understand why they did that. All right. So Bill Russell, Kevin Garnett. I'm a season ticket holder. It's Christmas. I haven't recorded in a long time. This is Christmas for me when the Boston Celtics schedule comes out. Um, And let me just start off by saying I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of one of the months. I'm, I'm really not. January is my birthday month, and I'm going to be selfish right now. January last uh, last year, I think the Celtics, if I remember correctly, basically played like every other day. They, I think they played 10 or 11 times last January, and this year, five times in January. When? I mean, they are playing on TNT three times uh, in January, the 5th versus the Mavs, the 12th versus the Nets, and the 19th versus the Warriors, but the only time that there's a home game is the Warriors. So that's a little disappointing, but anyways... Let's break this down really quick. I, I got some notes. I've seen some other people's notes, you know, on the World Wide Web and, and kind of things like that. But the first, and obviously everyone wants to talk about it, and I hate to be, you know, generic and basic, but obviously it's the back-to-backs. Uh, the Celtics last year had 15 back-to-backs. Uh, this year it's 13, you know, which is great. Going down too. better for Rob, better for Al, better for Jason, better for Jalen, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, and then the end of the back-to-backs, a.k.a. the second game of the back-to-backs, will only be against six playoff teams. So that's very nice as well. So that means seven of them will be against teams that did not make the playoffs last year. And, you know, you you see who they're against and you're like, oh, okay, that's actually pretty cool. And then you actually see that two of them are against the Pistons and you're like, what the fuck? Because last year, for whatever reason, the Celtics just absolutely sucked um, against the Pistons. So that's kind of annoying. But to highlight some of the back-to-backs, you know, the first one of the season is literally their second and third game of the season down in or- in in Orlando and Miami. Uh, the first game is against the Heat on a Friday and then the Saturday against the Orlando Magic. And then they have three in November, including a home-and-home home after Thanksgiving, which will which is pretty cool. And speaking of home, uh, being home for Thanksgiving, um, there's going to be a double dip at TD Garden on Black Friday. There hasn't been one for a long time. That usually was a, a big event uh, in Boston. The Bruins play at 1, Celtics will play at 8 o'clock, and that is returning. The Bruins are playing the Carolina Hurricanes, who they lost to in the playoffs this past season, and the Celtics are playing the Sacramento Kings. So should be a fun day. I'm definitely going to both games. I mean, last year I missed two Celtics games. This year I'm going to attend every single Celtics game, or at least I'm going to try my damnedest. I mean, I try my best every year, but I'm not going to try and sell any tickets. None of that. I'm going to go to every single game. My season ticket rep knows that. He, I, I think he believes that I can do it, and that may be one of the reasons why I may be stepping. I, I could be stepping away um, from this podcast. But um, so one of the other back-to-backs that I'm just absolutely furious about and. Let me let me start off by saying this. One of their longest road trips of the season is in December. Um, it starts off with the Nets and the Raptors of the back-to-back, and then they end that road trip playing the Clippers and the Lakers on a back-to-back. And let me just say this. Fuck you, NBA. I mean, the Lakers play the Sunday before away, so they travel on Monday, and then they come back. Like, it's just absolute bullshit that... Lakers-Celtics should never be on the second night of a back-to-back. And to be honest with you... If the Lakers won on the second night of a back-to-back, I would feel the same way. I do not believe that this rivalry that the NBA loves and talks about so much should 
ever be played on the second night of a back-to-back. And I don't care if they're in the same arena, in the same town, blah, blah, blah. I don't give a fuck about that. The Celtics should never, ever, 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 ever play the Lakers, and vice versa, on the second night of a back-to-back. So fuck you, NBA, on that. Uh, January. There are two back-to-backs. February, there's one right before the All-Star break. In March, they have three, and April, they have one. So for the most part, not not too bad. Nationally televised games, I do not include NBA TV as a national televised game, but five games on ABC, three of them on Saturday night, two on Sunday, and then nine on TNT and 11 on ESPN. And as far as major holidays, because the NBA is all about holidays, uh, there will not be an NBA game on election day all the teams will play the night before to promote everyone to go out and vote for the midterm election so that was pretty cool uh by the nba but uh black friday like i mentioned double dip td garden martin luther king day they will be on the road against the hornets in the afternoon i believe that game's at one o'clock or two o'clock um and then they play on christmas day 5 p.m against the bucks last year they were in milwaukee against the bucks and that was that game where i actually said for the first time i felt uncomfortable watching jalen and jason um, play basketball together, but since then, obviously, it seems to be working out very well. Um, and what's weird about this Bucks game is this is actually going to be the first time the Bucks are at TD Garden this year. The like, which is just so weird to me that they're only coming once. I, I, I think they're, I think the Bucks are. I think the Celtics have to go to the Bucks twice. I, I don't have the official schedule in front of me, um, but it's it's something along those lines. So so that's very weird. And and speaking of that, um, and speaking of another holiday, the Atlanta Hawks are only going to come to TD Garden once, and it's on the last game of the season, which is on Easter. So if my uncle Kevin's listening, make sure you go to the game so I have an excuse to be like, oh well, hey, I'm technically going to be with my family, so I'm going to have to go to the game on Easter because that's always an excuse that works as long as you're with family, you know. But but anyways, yeah, it's just very weird that the Bucks and Hawks are only coming to TD Garden once. Bucks on Christmas, Hawks on Easter in the final game of the season, one o'clock ABC, which could be a very important game because obviously the Hawks got better over the summer getting De- um, Murray from the Spurs, uh, Dejounte Murray, a very good point guard. Uh, for them so it'll be interesting to see how Trey Young and him work together especially with John Collins as well Um, but overall the Celtics are playing 15 games in November December January and March so for the most part pretty even but that's basically what most NBA teams do November is actually the most home games there's going to be nine home games in November and January is the most road games with 10 which is why I was bitching and moaning earlier because that's my birthday month and that's fucking stupid Um, now I, I, I will say this even though I was bitching and moaning earlier about the January homestand, um, there is something that is happening at the Garden that hasn't happened in 43 years since, I think, 1980 or 1981. Uh, the Celtics will be home for 17 days in December, the longest homestand in literally 43 years. Absolutely crazy to think about. So their last road game will be against the Lakers on December 13th, and then their next road game is January 1st in Denver. So they have a, and the teams that they're playing, I mean, they're literally going to be home for 17 days and they only have to play seven games. There's literally um, two games in between. I'm sorry, there's two games where they have two days off before each game, which is just absolutely crazy to think about. And they have a legit shot to go 6-1 and one or 7-0 and oh in this process. They play the Orlando Magic twice, the Pacers, the T-Wolves, the Bucks, the Rockets, and the Clippers. All very winnable games. Hell, they could even go 6-1. and one. Let's say you lose to the Bucks on Christmas Day. You could beat the Magic, you can beat the Pacers. The Timberwolves, I think, are going to be a disaster with Rudy Gobert and Cat both playing, you know, 
big man and the switching and NBA teams are just going to destroy them, I think. The Rockets are terrible, and who knows what the Clippers are going to look like with Kawhi Leonard coming back. But, you know, the fact that they're going to be home for 17 days is crazy. I guess it makes up for it, but if they don't do well, I'm going to be pissed that they're not going to be home a lot in January. Um, But to me, the toughest month, I think, is going to be... I don't know. I think it's it's very weird. I think it's going to be December. I think December is going to be the toughest month for them, even with that long homestand, that road trip that they have against the Nets, the Raptors, the Suns, the Warriors, um, the Clippers, and the Lakers. I mean, that's really tough. That's a really, really tough stretch, especially with two back-to-back games uh, in that stretch. So that's going to be tough. But November, I think, is going to be an insanely important month for the Celtics to see how they start off. Maybe they can get Rob some additional rest because I don't want to see Rob for a little bit. I don't want to see Rob Williams for the first two or two or three weeks. And if the podcast you know, does move forward, I can talk about that moving forward. But we'll see. Um, I, you know, when, when you look at it, the first three games, Cavs, Bulls, Knicks, all winnable games. And then Memphis is obviously tough. Pistons, Denver, Pistons. All winnable games. Thunder, not worried about. Hawks could be good. Pelicans, not worried about. The Bulls, again. You know, the Mavs, you obviously have to be worried about. You just have shit luck with them. And Luka Doncic hitting buzzer beaters. Kings, you're not worried about. The Wizards, Hornets, you're not worried about. And the Heat, you know, obviously a very good basketball team. And I think March could be a solid month for them as well, too. I mean, I mean, the best team that they play is the Bucks, and that's on March 30th. So that's at the end of the month. They go on their second West Coast road trip, which I don't think is really that tough. The, the Hawks, you know, good team. Rockets, not worried about. T-Wolves, not worried about. Trailblazers, not worried about. The Jazz, who knows if they're going to have Donovan Mitchell or not. And then the Kings again. I mean, that's a very winnable West Coast road trip for sure. So overall, you know, there are definitely some big positives uh, from the schedule. Um, You know, as a season ticket holder, obviously I love doing this because this is my opportunity to tell family and friends, hey, for these 41 nights, don't bother me. Um, So that's obviously, you know, always enjoyable and i already have like an excel sheet made about you know the day of the the day of the week the game time the if it's going to be a national tv or not and then i make my list on who's going to join me at the games so that will obviously be be very very interesting for sure so obviously you know we haven't spoken in a while um and the celtics had a very good offseason you could argue one of the best offseasons uh in recent memory uh the celtics improved their bench which was a huge need in the offseason with two very good moves uh the first is they traded for former rookie of the year and solid all-around guard Malcolm Brogdon. Um, in the deal, they unfortunately sent out Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, Fitz, Morgans, uh, Nick Skouskis, and a 2023 first-round pick. That all goes to the Pacers. I, I was obviously a fan of Daniel Tice. It's a bummer because I really believe that the Celtics do need another backup big. Aaron Neesmith, you know, he was just in a tough spot. He played better defense than he shot the ball, and that's not why the Celtics drafted him. But watch him drop like 25 points on us in one of the games this year and we'll all just be furious but you know a first round pick in 2023 you really don't care about much because you hope it's the bottom of the first round uh hoping that the celtics continue to play great basketball under Ime Adoka. uh so that'll be very interesting to see where that draft pick lands but you know if it's 25 26 27 you know and anything below that you're okay with giving that up especially getting a player like malcolm brogdon that can hopefully get you banner 18 um yeah, so Malcolm Brogdon, he'll be wearing number 13, you know, off the bat, Malcolm Brogdon, 6'5", which means he's two, three inches taller than Marcus Smart, and I mean, the two of these guys together in the backcourt on defense is going to be, like, 
fucking bonkers in plain English. I mean, they'll be able to switch everything under the sun, which Ime loves, as we all saw last season. He does have some playoff experience. I think he's played like 23 or 24 games in the playoffs between the Pacers and the Bucks. He is a little injury prone. He only played 36 games last year, 56 games the year before that. So really not ideal, but coming off the bench, you know, less minutes will obviously definitely help. He's averaged, what, six or seven assists in the last three seasons. Uh, He's not a great three-point shooter, about the same as Marcus Smart, give or take. But hey, in the 36 games that he did play last year, 19 points per game, 85% from the free throw line, brings down five boards as well and only two turnovers. You'll take that any day of the week. I think this is a great pickup for the Celtics for so many reasons off the bench. Um, another veteran, uh, but most importantly, a playmaking guard, knows who the go-to guys are, can defend, can switch. It's it's going to be big. They He is going to drive and kick and get unbelievable open shots for you know, maybe number 12 in the corner or Al Horford at the top of the key, but more importantly, Jalen and Jason maybe slash and cut into the rim. So I'll be very uh, interested to uh, to see how that plays out for sure. But Malcolm Brogdon is nothing but an improvement for this basketball team. Of course, you got to be a little bit worried about Marcus Smart, you know, with his ego. But, I mean, between Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Rob Williams, I mean, that's a hell of a little lineup, and we haven't even talked about their other signing, uh, Denalio Gallinari. I mean, Gallinari, 6'11", stretch four, that can possibly help Al with some minutes. Um, you know, he, of course, isn't the youngest guy. Um, he's not the quickest guy. He's not the best defensive guy. Um, but I, I think a, a few of us will probably remember last season, or maybe it was the year before that, where he just lit up the Celtics, where he dropped like 30 or 40 points. He can shoot, When he's on fire, he can shoot the ball very, very well. Uh, who knows? He could take some minutes away from number 12, but as a 6'11 stretch four uh, last year for the Atlanta Hawks, he came off the bench, 11 points per game, five boards, two assists. He will be wearing number eight, and, you know, he can hit some clutch shots, and I think that's going to be very important for the Celtics. But, hey, if you can get another guy that can get you 11 or 12 points off the bench, plus Brogdon maybe getting you, let's say, 15 or 16, you have number 12 getting you 10, and maybe Derek White as well coming off the bench, you know, getting you another 10. I mean, you could have a bench that could be scoring 45 points a night, which is just insane to think about. And then you figure if Jalen drops 25 and Jason drops 25. You're already at 95 points before Marcus Allen Rob even get into the mix. And then you're like, okay, defensively, they can hold teams to, you know, somewhere between 95 and 105 points. You can win. So it's this is obviously a very important offseason for the Celtics. And I think they did a very good job about it. But there is one thing missing, in my opinion, is the backup big. Um, you know, you obviously can talk about. Um, Oh, God, why am I having a brain fart in his name? Um, Fernando Cabanelli, uh, he played very well in the Summer League. The Celtics signed him to a contract right after the Summer League. Six foot ten, very athletic, loves to rebound the ball. Don't know if he's a reliable guy yet in the league, uh, but he can shoot the three ball a little well. He shot 36% in the Summer League from three. He's played 51 games in the NBA. Um, he could be a sneaky good piece to this team that could help out Rob and Al if Cornette, who they did bring back, isn't going to be you know what you think he is. I know a lot of people are very hit or miss on Luke Cornette. I understand why a lot of people don't like him. I understand why a lot of people do like him. Um, so it'll be very interesting. But overall, I really and truly think that the Celtics upgraded. Um, 
you, you know, you feel bad for Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard may not get um, a lot of run. Uh, they re-signed Sam Hauser as well. Um, they love what Sam Hauser brings to the floor, especially shooting the ball. I feel like he's just like, you know, of the Walmart version of Gallinari. But, you know, to have a possible bench of Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, Gallinari, and number 12, and then insert Jalen Brown or Rob or... Jason Tatum in that mix is going to be absolutely bonkers. So I think minus, oh God, probably minus the season after they lost to the Cavs in the NBA, uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals in seven games, I think this is the most pressure a Celtics team will have on them in a really, really long time because they were two games away from winning the NBA Finals. They should have won the NBA Finals after blowing that lead in the fourth quarter to go up 3-1, especially at home. And they got a lot better. Uh, so hopefully everyone can drown out all these stupid NBA rumor noises and, you know, have a hell of a season. Now, the um, the podcast, um, will it return? Um, I do not know. Um, this podcast, I, I, I work a lot. Um, I love my job. I'll do anything for my job. I think I have one of the best jobs in the world. Um and I obviously struggle with mental health. My uh, three-year anniversary of when I tried to commit suicide is coming up um, tomorrow, if you are listening on Friday. Or, I mean, on Thursday, and if you're listening on Friday, it's today. Um, so, obviously, mental health is a, is a lot, and this is a, is a very good outlet. Um, but with work and trying to attend to all these games and, you know, just trying to grow as a person, it's, it's, it's very tough. Um, I'm headbutting with some of the big night media people right now um i'm i'm obviously not the easiest person to deal with i i can admit that i i want to continue the podcast i i think it's a good outlet for me i i have a lot of very good people in my life that do not want me to end this podcast um i'm leaning on ending the podcast um i haven't made an official announcement yet um you know, usually I start this up the Monday before the first preseason game, which would be the last Monday of September. So um, I think I'll try and get a an official message or wording out probably the week before, letting you know if episode 186 will be out or if we're going to end this thing at episode 185. But I, I do want to say right now that I really and truly uh, appreciate everyone's support. Um, it means the world to me uh, that people actually want to listen to me talk about the Celtics because um, I thought no one ever would. Um, I'm almost at 25,000 listens. Um, so, yeah, so it's just, um, yeah, I'm just, like, getting emotional thinking about it because I've, I feel like I've built this thing very well organically. Um, I really wanted to do it on my own, and Big Night Media has obviously helped me get to that point, uh, which is great, um, but... Um, the last 72 hours or so have been a uh, major turnoff on uh, continuing the podcast. And maybe that's just being my Irish stubborn prick self. Or maybe I have every right to feel the way that I feel. Um, and um, I'm going to figure that out. But end of the day, um, I love the Boston Celtics. I love doing this podcast. I don't want it to stop. But I also don't want to be spending, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to uh, pay people to... Um, get new images and find a podcast outlet that I can, you know, spit out my RSS feed to Spotify and Amazon and, um, Apple and iTunes and yeah, all that stuff. But anyways, I'm now babbling, but, um, yeah, the, I, I appreciate everyone listening. Um, I'll definitely, 
you know, make an announcement. Um, when will I make an official announcement? I will make an announcement on September 19th. That is when I will make an announcement if this podcast is going to move on or not. Um, by all means, if if you have any good ideas or any good persuasions on why I should, by all means, please reach out to me. Um, Banner Banter 18 on the Twitter machine, Banner Banter Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can always email me, bannerbanterpodcast at gmail.com. And, yeah, I'm going to shut up and talk. Uh, I'm going to shut up and stop talking now. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to me talk about the schedule and uh, the Celtics offseason moves. And uh, we'll talk soon. And uh, hopefully not for the last time, but if it is, Everyone say it with me. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.